0: Welcome to Random Rewards, the one and only, the beautiful, the most exciting, and most fun gamification show. Welcome to Random Rewards, the podcast where we discuss how to make business more fun with gamification. I am Sabrina, and with me here is Chris. Chris, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How about yourself, Sabrina?
0: I'm really, really good today. It's great weather, great mood. Perfect.
1: Awesome. So I'll talk about a little bit of how this works if you haven't listened before. Uh, it works uh, because we open d- by discussing a game and then deconstruct how that game motivates users because games are some of the most motivating uh, things that we do. Um, and then we use these insights to solve a random business problem. So today we're gonna to be talking about uh, everyone's favorite classic, Monopoly.
0: Monopoly. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I love and
1: hate this game. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a very love-hate relationship with it as well. Um, if you'd like us to discuss a particular game, send us an email at random rewards at com or, or check us out on Twitter. And we'll get into the Twitter uh, later. So yeah, so you say you love, hate Monopoly. So tell me, tell me about that.
0: Definitely. So I remember playing this game a lot when I was around the age of between seven and ten, maybe. And we used to play it in our family. And it basically led to a lot, lot a lot of, of, of discussions. Let's say if I say <laughs> it nicely. discussions is a discussions. nice word for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nice version of, of yeah. screaming at each other, shouting yeah. at each other, yeah. telling each other to basically not get any dinner because of it if you don't win. Yeah, so great experience, great experience. But um, (laughs) at the same time, it was always something I really loved playing because it was that game that could take forever and ever and ever. Yeah, And I really enjoyed building those houses and accumulating wealth and what i even liked more is that i could battle against my mom because i was like oh i can i can beat her i can beat her <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah that was all that's also the the problem of the game at the same time because yeah you start hating each other you start hating game. each other.
1: yeah it's interesting uh so monopoly was created in 1935 so wow. the, apparently, That's crazy. it existed before that, it was called like the landlord's game, but like Monopoly as we know it as a board game it was created in 1935. So imagine the world in which Monopoly comes into being. It's like just about to be, or or it just happened the Great, Great Depression. You know, the Great Depression's like happening around mm-hmm. this time, like it's the Gilded Age. It's the age where the, the most money is in the hands of the fewest people. And so mm-hmm. this, this game becomes super popular uh, and it's interesting because it's all about capitalism. Basically, it's about it's about, you know, if you don't know Monopoly, it's about um, buying and selling real estate and essentially monopolizing or taking uh, as much control of the board as possible. And the way you win is by essentially bankrupting your fellow players <laughs> and and owning everything. And so it's it's really fascinating Um that this game is so it feels like it's a quintessentially american game but i mean it's not only american but it, it was made in america and it kind of follows the american mythology of of you know owning everything of, of creating a giant empire that you know was uh, popularized in that time by like rockefeller um and carnegie and these people with lots and lots of money and is now being kind of popularized again in our time Um, by the you know the Jeff Bezos of of the world who are so so rich that they can afford to create their own like space (laughs) space program (laughs) and like start to Mm -hmm. think about colonizing other planets so so private people Mm -hmm. are becoming like as large as nations at this point
0: I was just thinking is there a a space version of Monopoly there's like a Lord of the Rings one but I'm sure there's there's a space one too
1: this game has probably been remade the most times or like reskinned I guess. It's not really changing Definitely. the rules but yeah, there's Simpson's Monopoly, there's I think there's Millennial Monopoly which is pretty funny. Yeah, I
0: have that. I do, do have the have millennium, millennium version. Monopoly? Yeah, millennium <laughs> millennium version of the Swiss Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful.
1: And so what are the uh, what's the least expensive place and what's the most expensive place in the word in this swiss world.
0: i remember zurich Bahnhofstrasse is the most expensive place uh, and i think Chur, yeah Chur in grabunden is the the cheapest place
1: i can't pronounce either of those but is the second one just like really <laughs> is it like a really good deal or no one wants to live there
0: or? <laughs> it's just near the mountains it's not a lot there like Okay, sounds
1: okay to live near the mountains.
0: It's a nice city. It's just, yeah, not a lot there really.
1: Yeah, so um, what we do when we talk about uh, games is we actually analyze them through the eight core drives of the Octalysis Framework. Um, If you don't know about that, highly recommend you check out the Octalysis Framework. It's very super deep and complex, robust system for analyzing motivation. And so we're gonna get into uh, the core drives now that are that are main to this game so what do you think the core drives are what are the main ones
0: yeah so i think the main ones are quarter four ownership and possession so you want to accumulate more wealth right you want to get more property do you want to own basically everything right Right. you you want to monopolize (laughs) you want so it's just Every, the whole game is like a big collection set of yeah. of cities, right? Yeah. Uh, of you building building the cities, basically, and yeah. the hotels and everything. So, that is like a huge chunk of the experience. And it's then like we also the only have,
1: thing going on, basically. It's the only not, it's, thing like the really. it's like you you collect houses, you collect money, yeah. you collect money from other people. Like it's all about you collect the utilities, and you're trying to get yeah. like matching sets of utilities and in the end, Definitely. you just want to own. It's like greed the game.
0: Yeah, and because of that, because of that huge core drive four ownership and possession, there's obviously a, a buildup of a lot of core drive eight. So loss and avoidance. Yeah. There, you, don't, you don't want to lose all that wealth, right? right? You want to be the one that owns everything. And the problem in this game is, right, if you land on somebody's field, you need to pay them. Yeah. so you want to avoid this so there's a huge huge quarter of eight there as well what's your experience with with that in the game
1: oh man so yeah quarter so this game is very it's very emotional it's interesting so <laughs> no. by making it by making it all about the extrinsic design right you're trying to gain stuff and and accumulate wealth and build your empire when you lose it it's very painful like even in the yeah. smallest ways you lose it to your friends you pay them um, it's never, I never play Monopoly and I'm just like relaxed. It's always very much like, no, I lost that. Oh no, this this thing happened and it was unfortunate and now I lost my yeah. buildings or, you know, and, and you only feel good when other people lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you never Definitely. feel good together. So there's always um, what we call the black hat, major black hat design in this game.
0: Yeah, so actually, I talked about Monopoly last week with my mom. I'm like, oh, mom, I'd really, really like to play Monopoly with you again. Yeah, yeah. And she just looks at me with big eyes.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, are you serious? I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apparently, I was maybe winning too many times. So she got discouraged.
2: Oh, interesting. I don't know. Because shrewd. I
0: still really like the game, even even though I would lose sometimes. But I I just really like that kind of experience of 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 getting all these, getting all these houses and hotels and owning and all these places. What was your experience
1: with the black hat? Like for me, it was very emotional. But
0: it was it was very emotional. It would stress me out quite a bit. But actually, what I was just thinking of is I also used quite a lot of quarter of three during the process which helped me to kind of overcome some of the black hat quarter Mm eyes and which was for example i would go for like the cheaper properties first Mm -hmm. accumulate as much as possible and then uh everyone needs to pay there right (laughs) like i would i would get all these houses there already and then uh basically own the game relatively quickly So so interesting
1: yeah so your your plan was to buy all the cheap houses yeah a lot of people like they want to buy the expensive houses but the 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 it's kind of too expensive like it's not a good enough and also the expensive houses are only like there's only two of them the most expensive and so it's 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 not good strategy so you're talking about core drive three empowerment of creativity and feedback is I feel like the strategy is improved by the amount of black hat design there is. So we know black hat creates a feeling of urgency uh, in users, and and it causes them to act. And the the actions that you take are they you, you you can't just like hang out and and strategize. Like you must strategize immediately, otherwise you will lose. So, yeah, yeah the the it, it's constantly this urgent feeling. Like I, I can't wait for the next next round and see what's going to happen. Um, exactly. I would say core drive five, social influence relatedness is a big one. We yeah, talked about how this, in, how we interact with others. Um, it's pretty not fun to play Monopoly by yourself, I would assume.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing with quarter five though, it can be white hat or black hat as well, right? right? So yeah. this one is more on the black it's hat side, hat. Right?
1: Yeah, because there's and no cooperation at all. No right?
0: cooperation. Yeah. So actually, I wonder if you could play this game cooperative. That would be quite interesting. Yeah. Or in teams.
1: You create, like you, you nationalize the uh, utilities and you pool a certain amount of money together yeah. to like, make sure but they But I
0: think <laughs> it would actually not be fun then. <laughs> Right. That's the whole thing of the game. <laughs> Maybe teams would work. So the teams work against each other.
1: Right, right. Yeah, um, that might be, be more interesting. helpful And you don't feel like all alone and like nobody yeah. cares about you and everybody's after themselves.
0: Yeah, actually I think that would work really well because I played Uno the other day as cooperative play in teams. Yeah. And it works really, really well. You can actually strategize more. It's interesting. So I think with this it would actually work too. Cause you can help each other to gain the right houses right. to basically gain, like own the whole playground together. Yeah.
1: So it's not just the black hat design of, of core drive eight loss and avoidance, but also core drive seven unpredictability and curiosity, because you're constantly, you don't have much um, control over where you land. So you're always mm. rolling a dice. So, so it's very unpredictable. So you're always reacting to that unpredictability. Um, as well as like the community chest, like the cards you grab that may cause you to have to pay more money or to gain more money. So there's a lot of luck in the game, almost to the point where I know there's strategies that win overall, but there's so much luck, it's like very difficult to like plan mm-hmm. on something being the dominant strategy. Um, and I therefore, never. Oh
0: yeah, I never really liked those cards that were in the middle of the boards i found them really boring what about you
1: yeah i mean it's just do you gain more money or lose money there's not a lot of strategy it's just like more unpredictability
0: (laughs) yeah exactly it didn't really add anything to the game per se yeah
1: i i liked them because it was always like like what's gonna happen so the Mm -hmm. core drive seven worked for me and then there's also core drive six scarcity and impatience because there are a limited amount of properties on the board, and mm. so the more the, the longer the game goes, the more you feel that scarcity, like oh, I gotta yeah. get the 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 board the properties that are left um before the, everyone snatches them up, so, yeah, and
0: I want my property right the right color, otherwise I can't build houses because yeah, I need yeah. all the three or two yeah. fields,
1: yeah there's a little bit of development and accomplishment, um, in the board, like, uh, because you pass, go and you get money. So Mm. you feel like you can kind of chart your progression around the board to get money, but it's pretty, I would say the development accomplishment feeling feelings pretty, pretty minor. Um, Mid there's like some development accomplishment of, of getting a bunch of houses or a bunch of hotels. Like you, I think he takes four houses and then you have to buy a hotel that replaces your four houses. Yeah. So that's like a little bit of a feedback mechanic of the progression of houses.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So did you have a winning strategy? You said, you said you buy up the cheap places always, but what happens if you don't land on the cheap places?
0: Well, usually you always land on the cheaper ones like yeah i I wouldn't say like the cheapest cheapest but the cheapest it gets so i would buy from the very get-go yeah the cheapest place like the first place basically i would get to i would buy it yeah and then start buying more and more and more of the cheaper ones and with the with the with the more expensive ones i would just not not bother because it makes you bankrupt really quickly
1: right (laughs) (laughs) um Something so a really interesting uh, factoid is on according to Board Game Geek user reviews of Monopoly rank among the twenty worst games out of nearly ten thousand games
0: <laughs> in the database. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So users,
1: <laughs> I think everybody kind of has this love hate relationship with Monopoly. Yeah. So so one thing that always happened to me is that the game just dragged out for a long time there's no short game of Monopoly like you're you're committing to like three hours of time at
0: least sometimes we would actually yeah sometimes we would leave the 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 the, the game board actually with how it was with all the like houses money everything (laughs) and play the next day or
1: two days after three days after what would you do to shorten Monopoly to like keep the spirit of it and then but but make it much shorter?
0: Maybe have like a sort of a goal that is outside of the game. Like maybe you need to have a certain amount of ownership. Right. And then you win the game automatically.
1: It's not just about making everyone bankrupt first. It's just yeah. whoever gets to that goal first, maybe.
0: Who builds the first hotel? One or something yeah. like that, or who gets three hotels will win. Right. Depending on how long you want to drag it, obviously.
1: Because it because it's very demotivating at the end of the game, isn't it? Like yeah. once one person has the major advantage, and then everybody's just slowly like bleeding money. Yeah, <laughs> it's so basically no till bankrupt.
0: the last one is bankrupt, right? So. <laughs> I mean
1: <laughs> I think that probably ups the bad feeling. Like you're just feeling yeah. bad for the last like hour of the game as you're trying to like mortgage all your properties to make money back and then pay the like exorbitant rent that you've landed yeah. on. Yeah, I think there could be a way to kind of cut that experience down a little bit. Mm. So it's like everybody's racing to this point and then yeah. the game is over. You, you know, could like, also have like big
0: yeah, you could also have combos. Like if you have a certain combo of uh, right. of places, then maybe like the pink one and the the uh, brown ones, that right. you will win or something like that. Mm.
1: Oh yeah, or different conditions for winning. So like yeah. it could be um, you have a certain amount of money, or a certain amount of hotels, or a certain combination of hotel mm. uh, houses, or you know, utilities or something like that. So there could be more strategy and people would feel like you'd still have this huge black hat of like, ah, I might not have enough money to get done what I want to get done. But people could kind of do whatever the unpredictability gave them. Like they Hmm. could, you know, they could be like, oh, I have these utilities. So I, you know, now I can go for that win condition as opposed to Exactly saying like, Oh, I gotta sell these and then get this other thing and now I'm way behind and man yeah it'd be be
0: interesting as well because i would like to see if then people would go for their own strategy or they would actually try to beat the other one by taking the same strategy
1: (laughs) right right right. yeah so that could be more that could be more interesting or like what you said with teams like maybe Mm. people could team up and own different things have two different strategies working in concert and then they could be working together might make it we could I mean, to be fair, this game has been popular for, you know, almost a hundred years. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, who are we to come in and say, ah, oh, we can make Monopoly better.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can, we could probably move on to the next segment. Uh, so, so gamification uh, isn't just fun. It's also the key to long-term engagement for your users. Hmm. So this is where we're going to choose a random industry and top business metric and then brainstorm an app or experience or a set of features that utilizes the same core drives of monopoly. So this is a shortened version of what we do in our five step pro- one of the steps we do in our five step process at Octalysis. And it's something we do, uh, with every client to, uh, to make very engaging long-term products. So, uh, we are going to pick a random industry. So drum roll. (laughs) I love
0: the drum roll. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And now industry is? Is uh, Airbnb or like travel um, websites,
0: hmm. something
1: like that. So interesting, interesting challenge because nobody can travel right now.
0: Yeah, I have what? a lot of experience with Airbnbs though. So, Ooh. yeah, yeah, I've been living in Airbnbs for the last year, basically. Oh wow! Yeah, no, actually, longer since May last year. I've been living in Airbnbs.
1: Yeah, so so what uh, what's your experience been like at Airbnb?
0: What I like about Airbnb is that you can have short-term rental, right? You can easily rent an accommodation in Mm -hmm. any country. Yeah. You can buy everything online. You have really good communication. There's also a lot of social influence and relatedness. You can see what other people have been saying about that person. So you have a lot of social proof. So a lot of times when you go to another uh, country, you're kind of worried. Like I am worried about getting the right place, especially if it's through an agency or something, it can be super complicated. You don't really know what you get. Yeah. You have no clue about what the people are, the landlords are, The you don't know anything. And with Airbnb, you know, okay, there were a hundred other people that have been in this place. They all ranked it the highest rank and you know about the setup, you know about the people, are they friendly, Aren't they, are they responding to them? If they're super users, you're pretty much fine. Right. So yeah, super hosts, not super users, but yeah.
1: Has that ever happened? Right. You've had a bad experience with a super host or someone who's been highly rated?
0: Yeah, actually I had a problem when I was in Cyprus with mm. our colleague Yvonne. Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> I mean, the
0: the problem was the aircon wasn't working and they gave us a huge like mess. Like they wouldn't want to come over and it was like 40 degrees hot. And so that was quite an issue. And that was a super host actually. And so, yeah, but that was the only time that I had an issue with it really.
1: So mostly the super host system works pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think so. And that was also because they were not that many people. feedbacks on the site yet so it doesn't work if there is a low number of of uh, people that have been at at the airbnb i'm not sure how many how many people need to actually visit the airbnb to still be able to get a get a super host certification i think they changed right. it now as well
1: yeah 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 so just like anything you know it can be gamed if there's low data points it's like if you go to go on amazon and you look at reviews of something and there's five reviews and they're all five stars it's kind of suspect exactly. you're like this is probably the friends of the person who wrote this book and yeah. uh it's less believable that way but like i said if you have like hundreds or thousands of reviews then and they're all and, and it's like a lower number than five but it's like mm. 4.2 like that's much more believable than five people with five stars so if someone comes to us from Airbnb and they uh, and they say like, you know, Airbnb, like people aren't traveling, um, but we want to like maintain our business, we want to expand in maybe the virtual space or or something something else, But and we love Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I bet you do, corporation. Let's no. play
0: around with <laughs> Monopoly. I'm sure you won't like it anymore afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: No, no. Um, they said, we love monopoly. We see that it's really engaging and we like you to do something like that. And this happens more often than you would, you would imagine people, uh, clients we work with, they have sometimes like, uh, some games that they just really love and they, they just want to see that they, they know that it motivates. That's, that's the thing. We can talk about motivation, but if you think about the game that you really love, and you think about how much you're compelled to play it, you get this on a on an intrinsic, you get this on an intuitive level, that yeah. games are very motivating. So someone says, "Yes, Monopoly is my favorite game. Uh, can you make it like as engaging as Monopoly?" <laughs> what make would we it what like would we Monopoly? Do? Make it like Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> what would we What would we not do?
0: What would we not do is definitely. A good question because we, we definitely don't want people to feel like they're playing monopoly when we're right. creating a travel uh, like travel agency yeah. like like so uh, much loss and
1: avoidance, right? Like, like if Airbnb. You, <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you don't book enough different Airbnbs or like if you don't book this one soon enough, like you'll lose money or something like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you basically you docking,
0: lose <laughs> you lose all your your in-game currency if yeah. you if you if you don't book Airbnbs every single month. I would That's, probably be pretty good in this game, but <laughs> other yeah, people yeah, yeah. would so, probably lose quite a lot.
1: So you have like a bunch of of places that you need to go to, and you need to be the first of your friends to go to them, and then once your friends go then they have to pay you in this virtual currency. That would be terrible.
0: It would be really horrible. Dude, nobody and would then, travel. Yeah, like, oh my goodness. Basically, you need to steal all the, all the hotels from, all the rooms and hotels from your friends. So
1: <laughs> yeah. you get
0: all the pay. You got all the in-game currency.
1: Exactly. So yeah, clearly this is not what we do. And uh, you would be surprised at how often this is how people assume gamification works. So they just take, uh, uh, mechanics from a game and just slap it on an experience and assume it will be motivating, but there's, there's a lot actually that goes into this. So, so we have to, we're going to kind of zoom through, uh, a few steps that we would take in order to start uh, thinking about this and and creating an effective campaign. So the first is we want to talk about business metrics. What, um, you know, like what, what, one would assume that revenue would probably be the top business metric. Mm. Or, or perhaps number of bookings.
0: Number of bookings, definitely as yeah. well. So this, is,
1: this is the business outcome that we want to increase through, through this campaign. And then we want to think about player types. So, who is, are we designing this experience for? Are we designing this for Sabrina, who is a, a person who travels a lot, uses Airbnb a lot? Probably, yeah. probably a super traveler. Type. Super traveler. <laughs> or is it someone more like me who goes on airbnb like once a year to take my vacation and doesn't always book on airbnb because it's not always the best choice um yeah so so we would have to think about what are the main motivational differences between those mm. those people um, I think, we prioritize.
0: yeah i think there is definitely two different player types the one that is really Traveling as almost like a digital nomad, or mm-hmm. uses Airbnb instead of your normal rental place. Right. But I think that's also the more scarce player type.
2: Mm-hmm. It
0: is older, although the one that brings in more revenue. Thinking of that,
2: <laughs> right?
0: Right? Right? I mean, I would I would have a whole year of renting Airbnb. Right? Imagine yeah. that you just have maybe one week or two weeks but right. I have a whole year. So it definitely gives more, uh, it, it gives you more on the business metric. Yeah. So, but on the other hand, there's way more travelers that frequently go there, maybe twice a year, maybe once a year. So we need to kind of create an experience that is motivating for both players right. that doesn't, dis- doesn't discourage the ones that travel a lot. And that motivates those who are, just going there for a little bit of fun outside of their normal daily right. life.
1: Right. Well, and then there's also the added complication that, um, as I said before, like hardly very few people are traveling right now. And yeah. so something I've seen that Airbnb is doing is adding experiences. Mm. So they are, uh, sort of taking this idea cause they already had experiences. Right. So yeah, that's like, mm-hmm. And that's a cool, that's a cool, um, addition to their business model. So it's not just rent a place, but also like, you know, pay Airbnb to find a tour guide and go do something interesting in the place. Cause a lot of people, they're not just traveling for business or just to get from point A to point B, Mm -hmm. they're traveling to experience more of the place they're in
0: It's actually, it's actually really, really exciting. Those experiences, I really miss doing those. Because I would, every single place I go to, I would book at least one or two experiences over Airbnb because you really get to know the local people and they can show you around. And there's usually not a lot of people in those tours or whatever, like experiences. Like you learn cooking with some old lady in Korea and stuff like that. It's really fun. Yeah. And you can't really do that at anywhere else.
1: That's right. And... and- But now they can't do, uh, like physical experiences aren't really, are limited. So now they're trying to take that same concept and make it virtual.
0: Exactly. So so what do
1: you think about, as as a person who's done a lot of these experiences, is is a virtual experience something you would want to do?
0: I was actually thinking about it the other day because there was some experiences about, uh, it was concerts, online concerts with a Icelandic, like an Icelandic artist and I was actually traveling to Iceland and I was really excited that those existed but then I was I was curious at first then I didn't book it so I was wondering like "Mm, maybe there's not enough push to actually excite me enough Because it is still, the whole social experience is missing. The whole like getting to know the place through the eyes of a local and getting that whole feeling and and being part of the community, it gets missing. I think it's a great idea and I think there's not a lot they can do differently. Like there's no, no other options at the moment. But there's also, there's so many things that you can do these days that you can do online. that they have huge competition. It's not, their experiences aren't yet exciting enough, at least the ones that I looked at.
1: Right, right, so so this is, uh, in Octalysis terms, we're analyzing the player type and thinking about what are their motivations for the experience in the first place. There is this hesitance, this resistance to think what is the value of a virtual experience versus a a real world experience. And Mm -hmm. how can you communicate that value uh, through your features, through through the experience itself? And Mm -hmm. I agree with you, this is a very difficult problem because of both a lot of competition. Now, now Airbnb has to compete with Netflix, Facebook, anything else you can do virtually, right? I
0: even booked some virtual tech phone lessons the other day. You can yeah. go, you can become a black belt online.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's also closer uh, in competition to things like Udemy or, or Skillshare, yeah. something like that where yeah. you're learning yeah. things. Cause that's usually what the experience is because how can you get a walking tour of a place when you can't be there? yeah so
0: i mean th- there are certain places where they actually walk you around like hey this is, this is this is my mountain next to my house isn't it nice oh let's go to the statue hey this is right. the statue of mr fox <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, was, he was the major of this country right. in 1992 whatever it's yeah. like yeah okay
1: interesting so- the advantage though is we can add more like uh, gamified, gamified, right? More features that are engaging and activate these core drives. So since we know that Monopoly, one of the biggest core drives is core drive four ownership and possession, how would we begin to bring in core drive four ownership and possession into the Airbnb virtual experience? Mm, it's
0: a good question. And it's kind of hard to do to, to, to basically create that ownership while especially if you were if you wouldn't be able to travel, that would be really hard. Like if it's just those virtual experiences, I think creating ownership on the platform is, is, is quite a hard one because usually the ownership gets created as like as you accumulate memories or you accumulate... experiences it's a it's it's kind of almost like a (laughs) a mix between cd5 cd1 and and so like uh, cd5 social influence and relatedness cd1 that is uh epic meaning and calling a little bit of cd7 which is unpredictability and curiosity and then that creates that ownership and possession towards the towards the platform it creates that experience basically right And because that is missing or you might not be able to do a lot of experiential things, even if you book the Airbnb, it might be in your country. Like you you can travel around your country, you book an Airbnb, but you might not really have those experiences. Then you might not actually accumulate that much core f four. So there's a a virtual way of, of creating that maybe with some, techniques yeah that you could have on the platform i mean you can have like virtual goods and things like that but of I, i'm yeah. just thinking that would be too extrinsic
1: mm. well right now there's extrinsic in the sense that people you know make money off of these experiences so yeah. so it's not it's not for free um you have to pay and sometimes it's like a decent amount of money like it's like 20 dollars or something for an hour Um, you know, and when I say a decent amount of money relative to your other things that cost money from home, right, your Mm. Netflix costs $15 a month for unlimited things to view. So when Mm. you think of $20 for one hour, you're wanting to get something out of that. So then they kind of anchor their costs more to like, like Skillshare or something like that, Mm. where, you know, you're learning a skill. So that's One way to do it is learning a skill adds some core drive to development and accomplishment from someone specifically, but then essentially Airbnb becomes a platform for people offering lessons of things, which is not necessarily the goal either because what you were saying is when you think about experiences, part of it's that core drive five, social influence and relatedness. And I think that maybe one way to do it is to reduce the... Reduce the friction to begin. So, so right now no one can do this for free. No one can try it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And so you're, you have to think it's already extrinsic. I'm already paying money to get a thing. It's like a transaction, right? Uh, What if they reduce the costs and they made it, they, they encouraged people to create, you know, an experience uh, or at least um, talk about like, the experience of living where they live maybe Airbnb gave them guidelines about like this is what people like to know about right they could even survey uh, users say hey like what do you want to know about Barcelona what do you want to know about plane like, what do you want to know about living there right and they could facilitate people having these like real conversations over over what it's like to be in a place because for me personally when I visit a place I really want to talk to someone who's lived there I don't want to talk to someone who's like, here's 10 Wikipedia facts you could read by Google. You could Google yeah, it
0: definitely. and figure it out. Right? <laughs> I want to know what no. it's like
1: to be there. And and mm. for me, like the coolest experiences are those that you can't really buy. They just happen when you're there. And yes. part of what happens when you're there is you meet people that that are interesting. And mm. and we know that like we know from working at Octalysis, uh, fully remote, we like almost we see each other once a year, if that. Um, in person, and yet we create these long-term bonds when mm. we when we work together. So we know it's possible to do remotely. We know that it's possible to facilitate that core drive five remotely. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe if you go the core drive five angle, you increase things that that increase that feeling of connection that people are feeling mm. more disconnected right now. Then you can bring it around back to ownership.
2: Yeah, people
1: start feeling ownership yeah. because, like, oh, Airbnb is where I meet. Really interesting people in a way that is like kind of facilitated, so it's not just like me like randomly meeting someone and we don't know what to talk about. But yeah, so so that's kind of like the thread that I would potentially head down is focusing yeah, on I, the people over the stuff to learn. Or
0: I I like that too because as I said, I don't want to make it like a hey let's collect some virtual right. goods and stuff on that platform. I don't it. think that would work. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we don't want to slap something like that on on the platform. Like we wouldn't, for example, say like, oh, now you can collect houses and and you know use those as collection set and then unlock all these like great rewards. There might be a, a, a an in-game sort of uh, accumulation of
1: different
0: mm-hmm. places when you're unlocking something on a map for example and yeah. you have those collections. set but it shouldn't be on the foreground it shouldn't be the right. experience itself creating that experience so I like the Core 5 route especially yeah. also because we said we were talking about the competition and you said for example Udemy and Coursera and actually what they don't do really well is in my opinion and I've done a lot of those courses, is the quarter F5. So the social influence and relatedness. They don't really create a sense of community. Mm -hmm. You don't have those in-depth conversations with other people, which I would actually think is one of the most important things that Udemy or or Coursera could have. Because you can create these communities of people that have exactly the same interests, are learning the same thing, yeah, and and you can have the best discussions. Like if somebody learns about about uh, learning a language, for example, mm-hmm. they could have these learning classes together. But they don't really encourage it because yeah. the whole setup is not made for for the exchange on right. the platform.
1: Yeah, and and I know I'm I'm hearing the client in my head being like, but revenue is the top business metric. So how do we <laughs> make it make revenue? So so it's like I said, we we we. Use the revenue to to uh, invest value into what people find value already intrinsically. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so imagine you were going on Airbnb and now you can register as, "Hey, I live here, right? right? I live here, and I would love to meet people who are interested about here, and I would love to meet other people who uh, uh, live in other places and have knowledge about that."
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: then it says, "Great, what do you want to know about?" that right and you can write it out and maybe there's an algorithm that parses it or asks certain kinds of questions once you get a certain amount of questions now you as the person who lives wherever you are are have a bunch of questions to answer right so q a for example is like one format and then you could potentially have like a live stream of like hey i'm going to talk about living in hawaii who wants to know right about Mm. it and i've got these various questions you know, like tune in to check it out, right? There's yeah. some scarcity or whatever. And you
0: do a and A where people can send in some yeah. questions for you and yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of YouTube channels are like set up like that and they have right. like hundreds of thousands of followers just because they're sharing about how they're living in their place and how it feels and the culture and everything around it.
1: Right, exactly. and then And then you add to that, like, so you develop a following basically, Um, and then then you can start to think okay what is worth money for people to know or Mm. or to learn right Mm. but they know you first it's a person first as opposed to an experience first Mm. uh, way of doing things so they're like i want to learn from sabrina about what is it like to travel from airbnb to airbnb what are the best tips for securing the best airbnb and how do you schedule it ahead of time Mm. Blah 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 right and airbnb could actually facilitate that they could say hey, there's actually a market of things that are valuable. So do you know how to do any of this stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, Because people, you have X amount of followers because people are just interested in you. And now if, you know, this many people would potentially be interested in learning about blank from you. So then it's like crowdsourcing the value from the people after, after facilitating the connection. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that. Yeah. I like that system. I really like that system that I think that could be really beneficial to a company yeah. like Airbnb, which really is about experiences and not about just, you know, yeah. the general hotel, like buying, buying the place right. instead of the experience. Yeah. Well,
1: what, what I, what I like is when you broke down, like, this is what creates a memory.
0: Yeah, right. That's really what we're
1: that's what everyone is in the business of doing the experience Mm -hmm. economy is about creating memories that are really like that last and people, you know, take photos or whatever. That's for the memory of it. Right. And so if you can drill down to what the core drives that create that feeling of a memorable experience, and oftentimes it's the connection with people or the unpredictability, some kind of magic just like happens, um, then you can go about creating a structure that facilitates those emotions. And then people are likely to think, wow, that was really cool. Like, I wanna tell my friends about this. Like, I met this really cool person. It's interesting, because I feel like couch surfing. Have you ever done couch surfing?
0: I've done once, yeah.
1: So couch surfing feels like the prototype for what Airbnb could do if they were to, to sort of start there and then build up to like monetizing it and actually building like a cottage industry of people who are creating these experiences that were like organically created, not just like, Hey, we've got a platform, uh, create an experience if you can. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, people will yeah. be into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, I like so,
1: that. so, so what would you do to add more black hat?
0: So actually. I wouldn't add more black hat per se. Yeah. Like you said, there will be an accumulation of a lot of quarter F5 social influence and relatedness. Right. This then therefore will also lead. If you have experienced those, those uh, get togethers, those gatherings, you get to yeah. know people, you will then create a lot of quarter F4, which is mm-hmm. ownership and possession, right. which then usually if, if created well, Right. obviously leads to quarter of eight loss and avoidance so you don't want to lose that connection to all the people to to what you have to those memories like you, like we right, we talked about yeah. those memories those experiences you don't want to lose that and but the one thing actually which kind of annoys me is i could just leave airbnb it wouldn't bother me like i can just create right. a new uh a new profile. The only thing that would be missing is the people that have actually rated me, which is obviously giving me a bet. Like I, my profile just looks better if I have 50, Mm. (laughs) 50 people that actually rated me as like a great person to have in their place. But to be honest, even if I don't have it, it's not like a big deal, to be honest. So there's no progression on the, on Airbnb. Yeah. You don't progress from like a beginner user to yeah. a super user if you are a, uh, how do you call it, like traveler, if you mm-hmm. are the person that actually rents, the yeah. the Airbnb, just if you are a host, then you can become a super host. So How cool would
1: that be if you had a progression of so, hey, I'm on Airbnb and I'm interested in stuff is like one status. And then yeah. I'm on Airbnb and I am an expert on being in a place, right? That's another status. And then I'm on Airbnb and I'm actually making videos or or paid videos about mm. this place or, or experiences yeah. or whatever, live events. And that's that's another status. And then I'm also renting a room, right? Whenever people start to actually... Move around, then how cool would it be is if you were on Airbnb and you're like in this transactional mindset of like, I just gotta find the cheapest place or whatever. And then in the Airbnb interface, you see such and such has blank live experiences, right? They have this many, they have reviews or testimonials about their live experiences. Then it's like staying in their place is like you just want to be part of their lives a little more. Yeah. Right. It's about the person, not the place.
0: Yeah. You basically become like this, I don't want to say that word, but like an influencer person. Like a travel
1: influencer.
0: Can, yeah. Because you kind of like, you are the, you are basically the person that has visited that place that right. people can look at. They can look at the videos you've created about the place. Yeah. Maybe you even do some life events there. That'd be great. Right. Then people can learn and, and it's basically a win-win for everyone yeah it's a win-win for the host if obviously if they did a good job (laughs) if they're actually a super host yeah then it's a win-win for the people who want you who are trying to find a place and it's a win-win for the person who was at the place who's creating a video or like some podcast or whatever (laughs) about it
1: of course Yeah. yeah Yeah, and so when we talk about game mechanics, if we have that kind of core, that core methodology that we discussed, but person first and utilize the extrinsic rewards to reinforce the intrinsic experiences being created, mm-hmm. then you can start bringing in stuff like collection sets and yeah, strategy yeah. and like, okay, you can only you know unlock this many experiences at first if you have this status, if you, you, know, you have various progression on the platform. Um, You can generate virtual currency there. All this stuff could be added if the right mindset, if the right uh, uh, type of motivation was at the core, if we had the right, as Mm -hmm. we call it, the activity loop.
0: Um, Exactly.
1: Yeah. I would be very excited uh, to use such a platform, like very social first, but travel related, something that's like a blend of couch surfing and Airbnb. Mm -hmm, um, Definitely. With like Skillshare, like the ability to create videos or experiences and Yeah.
0: I think especially what we talked about with the sharing the experiences virtually and becoming part of like that Airbnb community. Yeah. Having all that quarter of five social influence and relatedness. I think that could be a really, really exciting journey, especially for the people who travel a lot, but also for the people who don't travel a lot, because they can then do everything online and can kind of plan and get excited about that like two weeks of the year they can actually do the travels. So it's right. for both back to the back to the player types, for both travel types as well.
1: Right. Yeah. And how how much more likely would it be if you were to go somewhere and you like already knew some people who lived there? Like if there was like That'd a cluster be, of people yeah. where you already live. And like they, maybe you don't meet up with them, but you, they have, they have a community and there's like people that they follow and you can connect with them. And then you're like yeah, making friends definitely. in the place that you go. Cause how many times have you gone traveling somewhere and you don't meet anybody and you just feel like alone? You're like in actually, this alone, you know, <laughs> actually, maybe not you Sabrina. You're yeah, like good at
0: meeting people but others. actually I, I always, every time I go traveling and that's like, Sometimes it's really hard, right it's hard work. <laughs> I yeah. always try to get to know some locals yeah. beforehand, like on instagram right. Twitter, uh anywhere really, or on like some some interest groups, yeah, or I take those airbnb experiences and get to know people right, right, that are right. local I actually got to know so many people through those airbnb experiences you don't you won't believe that like on yeah. in in uh, for example, I took a uh, songwriting songwriting lesson in LA, and I'm still taking those songwriting lessons after one and a half years and all virtually now. So that would be something you can do too over Airbnb, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, so then it becomes about maintaining the spirit of travel and connection yeah. to different people and places and learning um, than about... The concept of the transaction of, of Airbnb. I think the brand can expand, um, and I think Airbnb is in a great place to do this. Should they um, have the mindset to do that, uh, or someone else will come along and you know figure this out before them and be able to <laughs> essentially like build on top of it and yeah. and displace what they are currently doing? Because right now, Airbnb, I'm sure is kind of hurting. I mean, I mean, I think the experience thing could work, but for all the various things you've said so far, I think there's a limit to how much it can expand as it currently is. Structured. Yeah.
0: I think the thing with Airbnb is though, their revenue doesn't go down that much because it's not their property. Right. But the people who are actually the owners of the property, they have the issues. So yeah. Right. I don't know how much hurt Airbnb particularly is. Yeah, I'm sure they are hurt, <laughs> but I think the ones that are hurt the most are probably the people owning the property.
1: Right. But I think also you're going to see, especially in this time of coronavirus, like, you know, everything has gone virtual and mm. the people who will be able to crack the problem of creating memorable, engaging feelings of connection, those yeah. people are going to essentially own the experience economy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: To own it, right? To bring it all the way back to monopoly. <laughs> they will own it.
0: Let's own it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah. wants to own everything.
1: <laughs> <We'll> probably <laughs> leave it there.
0: <laughs> Let's leave it with the own it.
1: Yeah. I yeah. think
0: that's it for today.
1: Yeah. And so, uh,
0: Chris, where can they find you if you they can have find me at questions? Pri-
1: Chris underscore Tommaso on Twitter uh, and uh, Chris at octalysisgroup.com. If you would like to know more about how we can help out your business to create better experiences for your users. What about you, Sabrina?
0: They can find me on sabrina not really they can find me on user adventures i don't even know my ad anymore Uh, they can find me on user adventures or they can also find us on random reward on our twitter you can also email us at random rewards at octalsisgroup.com or visit our website octalsisgroup.com. And yeah. we also have a really cool community on Facebook. If you want to check that out, it's called Octalysis Explorers. Yeah, we got and like 8,000 yeah.
1: users there, 8,000 members.
0: Yeah, we're growing all the time, and we have yeah. some cool discussions. And we share all our experiences there. A yeah. lot of our blog posts, for example, our experiences in gamification. So if you're interested, please check it out. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, and if you like if you like Airbnb, you know how important ratings are. So if you like this episode, please uh, rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Yes, well said.
1: Yeah.
0: Until and our, our next rewarding next
1: rewarding time time
0: together
1: together.
0: Thanks, guys. See you next time.
1: Bye. 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 I'm sorry.